Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me as always is my buddy... Sean the Arcade Phantom. What up, Craig? What up, Sean? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I like this episode. Yeah, this is a fun episode. This is Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? It's kind of an emotional episode. It, it, you know what? It like At this point in the series, it absolutely would have been, because this is a recurring character who I'm sure we'll see again. He's going to come back so much, because he's such a great actor, and he's still going to continue to be on this. I mean, it's not like he's not going to come back, right? R- right? Right. Yeah, right. Sean, when, when did this uh, episode first come out? So, weird, weird thing about this episode is when it came out. Yep. Because uh, it came out on August 27th, 1992. <laughs> That's like a month before the next season premieres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't our last episode in May? Yeah, like the beginning of May. Yeah, I what think. the hell happened? I couldn't find any info on this. I have no idea. The only thing I can think is kind of what you were thinking when we had chatted about it previously is that it was like just some kind of like weird layover episode to like try to like drum up hype for the next season. Well, I guess so. I mean, they just beat the Cosby show, so they were probably like, hell yeah, we can do this. I guess. So, in this continuation from the previous season, Homer's half brother Herb discovers that. Who? His. Half brother Herbert. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a very important character. He was super a, important character. He he's going to come back a lot. Season, <laughs> just last season, he was here. Uh, but he discovers that the uh, uh, his you know Herb discovers that his bro- half brother has come into some money and seeks a way to stop being destitute. So, Sean, what was going on in the world on August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two? So we had kind of a time skip there, and something kind of big happened in between that. Yeah, August first on nineteen ninety two. We got a Game Boy game that changed my view on video games. Yeah? Kirby's Dreamland. That was the first game that really got me hooked on portable games. Kirby's Dreamland is one that I definitely had picked up. Uh, so uh, my birthday it falls in September, and so I would have gotten it for that birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was. it's a great game. A very simple, easy game, very honestly. Very quick game, yeah. But, but very good. Very well put together. That was... Uh, Sakurai's first foray into gaming, right? I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. I believe so. The guy, uh, for those who don't know, the guy who went on to do the Smash Brothers series, uh, who's still churning out characters in the newest Smash Brothers game, even. Yeah, we just got a new DLC as of today as we're recording this. It goes live while we're recording. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bastard keeping me from it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just get through this episode quick so we can go play Smash Brothers. So, uh, what's going on in the world? So in the world, we have uh, something that I didn't really get a big chance to talk about previously. Uh, the Bosnian War has been going on since April 6th, and it isn't going to end until 1995. So due in large part to the breakup of Yugoslavia, which we've been dealing with on this show for, you know, 
just about since season one, pretty much. Uh, so this massive conflict is just way too in-depth for me to just do it justice in this segment. But essentially, you have, like, uh, 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 a ton of, like, genocide, ethnic cleansing happening. There's just nothing good going on with the Bosnian War. Uh, Bosnia and, like, I, I think... Oh, I'm trying to think of who else was involved in the war. Uh, but, yeah, like, a bunch of the countries from the breakup of Yugoslavia are just all in this, you know, war and just nothing is going good. Just things aren't great. Life is a never ending tort of misery. Yeah. Why do you keep bringing me down every week? <sighs> I, I swear the people can't see this, but you're probably going to start holding up just photos of refugee camps to me and be like, look at how sad it is, Sean. <laughs> if you weren't sad enough already. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking of something funny from earlier. Anyway, <laughs> let's begin the episode. So uh, we have Homer, and he's at an annual plant physical. Little scientist, no jokes. That That's weird, right? A little? Well, do you mean that they had to put that sign up, or do you mean the fact that their job has physicals where they stand in line for them? Both. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yes, that's yes, they are. That is weird. Uh, so, as everyone's standing around in their underwear, which is weird, which is very weird. I uh, I can only imagine that like this is some kind of like radioactive testing that they like do to make sure that. Well, yeah, and it kind of fits with what we find out. Uh, during this is that like this is Burns probably trying to save money. He's like yes. doing so, all this testing just all at once once a year. He's not like having the the employees go out to other doctors and like you know maybe charge charge the the medical uh, uh you know uh, uh what we call it uh, medical insurance because it, it's presumed that they have it. They had a dental plan. You know it's it's also presumed they have a medical plan for the fact that like you know there's plenty of times where. They, we know they have a medical plan because uh, Hibbert asks if they have an HMO in the episode with Mindy. You're right. Yes, that is correct. Uh, and so, yeah, they, uh, they you know, absolutely have a medical plan uh, until, like, they get rid of it for, like, a slot machine or whatever it is uh, in the uh, employee break room. Because I feel like that's uh, Homer's triple bypass. Isn't that when they don't have the health insurance? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, we find out that Lenny goes commando. Yeah, so Lenny forgot it was a uh, physical day. Mm, yeah. It's also uh, weird that every single guy is wearing briefs. It is kind of weird. I can only imagine that was more of an animation thing than, like, the writers being like, oh, only, like, everyone wears tidy whities Yeah. I mean, I wear the, like, not tidy whities like, underwear, but briefs. But, like, you know, they're, they're like boxer briefs, essentially. Oh, I wear boxers all the time. Free balling it, baby. Listen, you need a confined package that's that's you know stationary. If, it's, if everything's just flopping around all over the place, what are you gonna do? You know what? This isn't a conversation for today. Uh, but I appreciate the fact. Well, that listen, if you're wearing boxers, uh -huh. you don't have the problem that Homer is about to have coming up right here because you don't have a low sperm count. Well, first off, I don't mind if my sperm count is low. That is that that is completely fine with me. But I at first I thought you were gonna say uh, the problem he has when Lenny asks for his underwear. That's also weird. <laughs> Can I borrow your underwear? Nah. Uh, we also find out that somehow Homer has a hundred and four percent body fat. 
It's because he's eating in the tank. <laughs> and I love the doctor who's like, you can't eat that here. And Homer's like eating a chicken wing and he's like, go to hell. Or yeah. chicken leg, I should say. Homer saying go to hell is just perfect delivery. It's great. So back at home, uh, you know, Marge is uh, having a like doing a pot roast, it seems. It's funny because a lot of the times while they're cooking or eating, the food is just like a miscolored like. It's just a mush. Yeah, basically. it's They didn't want to animate it, so they just made it mush. But in this case, it's actually, they take the time for her to animate, like, you know, uh, 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 kind of, you know, braising. Would it be braising? No, it would be like uh, uh, basting the pot roast, which probably isn't doing a whole heck of a lot for it, but whatever. And uh, she's like, oh, homie, like, how was work today? And he's like, oh, you know, bend over, like, touch this, you know, turn your head, cough, the usual. And uh, back at the plant, though, Smithers is analyzing sperm samples. Smithers is a sperm expert, okay? Yep. It took me three seasons, and I made it into Smithers being a sperm expert. I, I mean, you know. I am so going to be kicked off of the show for season four. <laughs> yeah, Sean, uh, I got bad news. Uh, you're being replaced by the uh, the, the podcast uh, Podcaster 3000. I'm going to do just hit a button on the side of the machine, and like it'll respond to me. And it'll be like, what a bunch of clowns working on this show. And how is he always so on top of it? <laughs> Don't praise the machine. So uh, uh, I I appreciate the delivery of uh, Burns's line. Uh, oh, who does his uh, voice? I always forget his name. Uh, the voice actor of Burns and Smithers. Harry Shear. Harry Shear. I love Harry Shear's uh, delivery here when Smithers is like, you know, like, bad news, sir. Like, Homer Simpson has, like, low sperm count. And he immediately goes, who? <laughs> 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 Which is great because this is still early enough in The Simpsons that, like, the, the running gag of Burns always forgetting who Homer is hasn't really fully set in. But, like, by this point, I feel like it's just like, okay, yeah, no, he's never going to know Homer. We get the cutest little scene ever of sperm in a second. <laughs> yeah, he looks through and he's like, here's like a healthy sperm sample. And it's like Smithers head on the head, like the top of the sperm. And they're all in unison moving around and stuff. And Burns is like, hmm, yeah, yeah. And it's like, here's the like the lazy sperm sample of Homer Simpson. And they're just like bumbling around and like hitting each and other. And there's only like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, oh, yeah. And so uh, Smithers recommends that, you know, Burns talk to his lawyers. So, Burns in the office is great. So he's like immediately like. So this is a weird scene, right? Uh, like I love it. I love Burns' hatred of the lawyers that we're about to get into, but it seems out of place. I don't think it's out of place because let's face it, Burns hates everything and everybody. It doesn't surprise me that Burns hates lawyers. Is it hypocritical? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Resounding yes. There's no way it's not hypocritical. But I can imagine it. That in Burns' head, he feels he's like above lawyers because that isn't what he does. Okay. I can he see does that. worse. But like in his head, he doesn't view it that way. You know? Just like pretty much every rich mogul where it's like, oh, we need to save money? Yeah, like trim out the medical plan. But then as soon as like they talk to a lawyer, they're just like, you make me sick. <laughs> and so that's pretty much what Burns does. So like he's like, he's like, I, you know, I pay you. I need like need your like, a, you know, opinions. But I mean, you're a bunch of vipers. And he's like, you feed on human misery. And he's like, 
oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I really need to calm down. He's like, would you like coffee? Yes. <laughs> like it black, don't you? Black like your heart. He's like, I can't even look at you people. I'm sorry. This is my problem. I need to work through it. <laughs> Which, listeners, Craig's not a coffee drinker. How do you drink your coffee? Because if you don't drink it black, you're a monster. I. If you put anything in your coffee, you're a monster. Do you want to know how I drink my coffee? You don't because you're a monster. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're worse whoa. than the monsters. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I have a very, very intricate recipe for coffee. You want to hear it? Yeah, shoot. You take lady fingers, you pour coffee over it, you put some uh, like Cool Whip over it, sprinkle it with espresso powder, bam, coffee. That's not monstrous. That's just delicious. <laughs> right? There's nothing monstrous about me. I call my coffee Craigamisu. Craigamisu. <laughs> anyway, and so that'll catch on. It seems like very catchy. So I uh, so. Burns is recommended by his lawyers to give him a, a Homer a, ca- a check for a lot of money, and that'll blind him to whatever they stick in front of him and he signs. And Burns, of course, is just like, you know, you disgusting maggots. He's like, I, I couldn't thought of that myself. Uh, and yeah, so uh, we have uh, kind of a, a change in scene, and there's a little bit of narration, not out loud, but the like a title, like a little title at the bottom. Yeah, it's weird. We get words that pop up on the screen, which have come up like once as a joke when Bart got hit by a car, episode twenty-five. That and uh, yeah, that's about it. Very rarely happens, but it says, "Meanwhile, below the poverty line." Oh. And so, uh, uh, at a campfire, we see. Did you catch Charlie Chaplin? Yeah, I did. Charlie Chaplin. The little tramp himself. <laughs> yeah, the little tramp character. Yeah, so we, we mentioned it in a previous episode. Uh, I don't uh, I think it was the episode where uh, it was Bart versus Thanksgiving or whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin had a character known as the little, uh, little tramp. And, yeah, it's basically like Charlie Chaplin's character when he was doing all these little, little uh, short movies or whatever. I. Uh, but uh, one of the hobos is talking about how he ran Mickey Mouse massage parlors. And he's like, you can't, like, reason with Disney. He's like, I told him I'd put his pants back on. He's like, Pleh. which is kind of gross, right? I mean, okay, Mickey Mouse massage parlors. Here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do they have happy endings, yes or no? Oh, oh you know there's a happy <laughs> ending here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, happy happy endings cost a little extra. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting for that noise. So I uh, uh, we talk to Herbert, or we see Herbert Powell, Homer's half brother. Homer's half brother is there, and he's uh, just a hobo now. Uh, whoa, but, whoa, uh, whoa! A transient hobo is a derogatory term. The uh, house impaired. House impaired works. <laughs> so, oh, we're just going to disgust and alienate everybody on this episode. Yeah, we are. So Herb uh, talks about how, you know, he was he was a, a real genius when it came to his car company. Uh, he His trick was to give him Japanese names. And he said, do you ever drive a tempura hatch, hatchback? Hey, I got hit by one of those. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, uh, typically when you think like, you know, a car name, you think of like, you know, animals, like cheetah and jaguar and, you know, stuff like that. But I uh, not Persephone. Not some Greek broad. 
<laughs> but uh, 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 tempura is Japanese deep fried food, which is kind of the the goofy joke there. Uh, but which is also kind of a sad joke because Herb's company got taken over by a Japanese company. I th- yeah, I thought that was interesting that like they made a big point in the previous uh, episode with Herb, uh, which was um, what is the name of that episode? Um, why can't I think of the name of the episode where? Uh, Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, brother, where art thou? Thank you, thank you. Uh, but in that episode, yeah, he he his one of his competitors, the the a Japanese car company, Kumatsu Motors. Kumatsu Motors who will in... return in next season. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah, Kumatsu Motors makes Mister Plow's truck. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Homer makes money with the person who put his brother out of business. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so Powell goes through and he and he lists off you know what happened and basically he you know recaps the previous episode he was on saying that like you know he let his half brother design a car and it bankrupted him which it's funny because it's like he's really mad at homer all throughout this episode but let's face it he brought that on himself right like if i found out i had a half brother and i had like a car company and i just like threw him into a lab and was like all of you guys listen to everything he says how bad that's was stupid, his company right? doing that one failure could ruin his entire company? The, that's another big thing is the fact that, like, how many mistakes is, like, Ford, GM, you know, Chrysler, all these companies have made terrible mistakes. Yeah, what we're getting at is where's Herb's bailout? Come on, George Bush Sr., give him a bailout. Seriously. Seriously. Totally deserved a bailout. But anyway, I... I... Uh, he mentions that it's the uh, uh, Time magazine or Forbes magazine, which um, to this day is still a magazine. Yeah. It's, uh, and a website. And a website that. Because we live in modern times. Right, yeah. Where no one reads magazines. More people are probably. Actually, I don't even know if the print magazine is still around. I would presume. It is. I mean, it's for like rich people, right? Yeah. Uh, but Forbes called it the blunder of the century. And he's like, yeah, but what about the new Coke? One of the guys off the side is like, hey, I designed that. So how much do you know about the new Coke, Craig? I don't know a lot, except that it started on uh, April 23rd of 1985. And supposedly the rumor goes that uh, Coke did it on purpose to try to, like, really, really hype up the Coke classic. Yes. But I don't know if it's true. So, so fill me in on anything I'm missing. So the new Coke was roughly on the market for five months only. Okay. As the new Coke. And people hated it. It was supposed to be like sweeter, right? Like more yes. like Pepsi because like Coke was like, oh, a lot of people like the sweetness of Pepsi. So let's just do something similar. right? So they tried to do that and a lot of people switched to Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So Coke decided, okay, we're going to bring back the classic Coke. Yeah, Coca-Cola classic, which is what it and still I is mean, today. The new Coke was, you know, sponsored by Bill Cosby, who we know <laughs> is a great human being, as time has told us. <laughs> It'll be around as long as Kodak film. No, wait, Jello pudding pops. The yeah. new Coke got renamed to Coke 2. Oh. And was still produced throughout the United States until 2002. What the fuck? I don't think I've ever seen Coke 2. Where was it sold? The Midwest, which I'm pretty sure we're considered part of technically. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty much the Midwest in, in Michigan. So for those who don't know, uh, we do our podcast out of the Detroit area. And so, yeah, Michigan's kind of the Midwest. It, it's kind we of could have had the, the new border, Coke but... in high school. 
With all those jokes we made about the new Coke, we could have been drinking that shit in high school. It's funny that it it flopped by like by the end of 1985, it had flopped. But still, when we were in high school, we made so many jokes about it because of The Simpsons and The Critic and uh, uh, what was there? I feel like there was other shows that made fun of New Coke. I think Family Guy did it with early Family Guy. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Cosby was made fun of a lot for reasons that weren't the reasons we should have made fun of him. Yeah. Because we didn't know. We didn't know any better. It was a happier time. He He was still a hero back then. Yeah, he was the model father. He wrote the book on fatherhood, quite literally. He literally wrote the book on fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You know what? I would have him hang out with my daughter and teach her about womanly things. I don't I don't know if I would have done that back then even. That just sounds awkward. A bit, hi, yeah. hi, Mr. Cosby. <laughs> Will you please teach my daughter sex ed? <laughs> what? Let's go teach you about the man puts the pill into the drink, and then the woman drinks it. I'm sorry. What was that, Bill? Nothing. I. But yeah, they made it till 2002. Wow. My mind was blown reading that. And now it's coming back because of uh, because of Stranger, uh, Stranger Things. They Things. brought a limited edition version back. I'm tempted to try it. I never had it. Wish Coke Black would come back. Do you remember Coke Black? Oh, that was the coffee one. Yeah, right? that was good. Man, was it? Well, you like coffee, so I, mean, I can see. It, it was it was fucking delicious. I used to chug those. <laughs> I do remember you drinking quite a few of those. I love those, and I miss them. Do they still make Mountain Dew pitch black, or is that only a Halloween thing? That's like a weird Halloween thing. It comes out every now and then. I like that one okay. Last year, they had the spooky flavor, or whatever it was. Mountain Boo, I think it was called. <laughs> I hate it already. It was like white and... Supposedly it was coconut or something. I don't remember. Oh, I would it try it. some weird flavor that I would have tried if I yeah. knew I, 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 Mountain Dew puts out new flavors like every couple months now. Yeah, that's true. It's it's you know hard to keep track of all the Mountain Dew flavors now. For a while there, they just had Coke. We should focus on the episode. But yeah, if you want Coke Black back, petition Coca Cola, and I will be on that petition. Uh, uh, you know, so, you know, in Nightmare on Elm Street, they uh, mix coffee and Coke to stay awake. Is that pretty much what it was? I mean, pretty much. Huh. It was more coffee flavored if you got the French version. Ooh, yeah. la da da So, <laughs> Herb says, though, that, you know, this is America, and all you need is an idea. And so, you know... <laughs> then, then why are you living in the gutter, Herb? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You need, you need some startup money, and you need uh, an idea. But I... So as far as that goes, it cuts back to The Simpsons, and it's probably one of my favorite moments in the series for a Bart and Lisa moment. The the unison or the like the the tandem they work in here is great. So they are doing the living room Olympics and uh, it's the couch vault. And uh, Bart says, I do this for Stain Master Carpet, uh, which is a real company. It's a real carpet company. Uh, and then he says, like, proud sponsor of the, you know, like living room Olympics. And he tries to pole vault with like a broom over the couch in the living room. And and fails. He hits the couch and hits it, and the thing starts to collapse, and he jumps off, and Homer comes in, and he's like, he's like, my couch! And he starts freaking out, and he's like, immediately like, which one of you did this? And Bart immediately jumps in, and he's like, he's like, we got him just in time to see it collapse. And like Lisa's like crying, and she's like, I didn't think we'd make it. And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, there, there, sister, you're safe now. 
Did you ever get in trouble and you and your sister cover it up together like that? Yes. That is probably why this means a lot to me because there were plenty of times where like a lot of the times my sister and I were, well, typically it was like, you know, my sister would do something wrong and I would, you know, it'd be like, you know. You'd be a snitch. Not necessarily a snitch. A lot of the times I just took care of the discipline myself because she was younger than me. And, you know, there's a lot of times where, like, my mom was at work and so it was on me. And so it would just be like I would take care of it. Later on I might be like, hey, Ma, Beth, my sister Beth did this. And she'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I took care of it. Don't worry. So my brother Cody and I one time put a big hole in the wall. Uh-huh. And we came up with the story that he tripped over the dog when he ran out of my room and fell into the hole. Uh-huh. What actually happened? Uh, we were wrestling around and I slammed him into the wall. <laughs> but they wouldn't believe him because the way he falls, he would have to fall and hit his head as well. So it convinced him that he had to run into a cabinet as hard as he could <laughs> in order to hit his head so that they would believe him. <laughs> Did he do it? Yeah, but the pump wasn't big enough, so we had to do it again and again. You are a monster? Yes. Yeah, but really only to your brother. I mean, like that's that's really kind of the the you know, what it boils down to. Oh, Sean. The pump wasn't big enough. They wouldn't have believed it, so we had to run into it again. I just feel like you could have like hit him in the head with a hammer? Yeah. I thought about it. Uh, I was going to say just like like rub his forehead really, really hard like a noogie or something and then been like, oh, it's red enough. Let's go. No, you needed the bump. You got to hit it, you know, just. Please don't make that noise in reference to your brother's skull again. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer is pretty upset and he's like, why did this have to happen now during prime time when like TV's brightest stars are here to shine? And I, uh, I. He, he starts having a flashback of all the times that he was, you know, had all these great moments with this couch, which doesn't make sense because they didn't get the house until what, 1983? Uh, oh, no, maybe it would have. I. Uh, yeah, no, I guess it would have uh, made sense. Well, it would have made sense if there was a, a repeat. So, uh, uh, so the first thing Homer sees is uh, he's watching a presumably a, a soap opera, and we know which one it is because the the woman's voice goes, "I shot Jr." and he goes, <gasps> and he's all surprised. And that was the reference uh, uh, that we had made in a previous episode to Dallas, uh, which was an episode from 1980. Which would mean either Homer was watching a rerun and was surprised again, or this doesn't make sense. Well, okay, okay. So let's put this into context for a second. This episode, let's say it takes place in 1992. Yeah. Bart is 10 years old. Uh-huh. So he would have been born in 82. Uh, yeah, that makes sense because uh, uh, 1984 is when Lisa was born. Yes. So Marge was pregnant with Lisa when they bought the house, though. Yes, yeah, so they would be in this house, but it wouldn't be for the original run of um, Dallas. So it would have been like a repeat. Yes. Yeah. So, so well, do they, it's a soap opera. Do they do repeats of soap operas? I don't think they do. I mean, Dallas is popular enough that maybe they did, but I don't know when repeats would have happened of uh, from Dallas. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, Dallas was a drama more than it was a soap opera because it was in uh, primetime, wasn't it? I wouldn't be surprised. It was popular. I mean, it was one of the longest lasting shows until what? Simpsons took it over? 
Yeah, it was in primetime. So, yeah. They okay, would, they so would probably would have, do reruns. You're right. It would have been reruns, uh, I would presume. Uh, so, uh, they also, uh, Homer remembers fondly Hands Across America, uh, which happened on May 25th, 1986. And it's interesting because you see Lisa as a toddler. She would have been two, and it yeah. kind of fits. Uh, Man, wh- I can't see Hands Across America without thinking about us. Us? Jordan Peele's us. Oh, no, I haven't I haven't seen that. That's a big moment of that movie, His Hands Across America. Oh, I'll have to catch that. Yeah, it's really, really good. I heard the movie Not is Not as good. good as Get Out. Get Out is amazing. It's fucking phenomenal. I've heard both of his movies were very good. Uh, but I'm, as we've mentioned on the show many a times before, I'm horrible with movies, and I hardly get around to watching them. I... Uh, and then, of course, uh, Homer remembers fondly the Berlin Wall, and uh, we hear the the uh, the actual. It's not the actual dialogue, but like somebody imitating. It's like those lively, like lively children dancing on the Berlin Wall, and Homer's like boring. Turns the channel and he starts watching an episode, a rerun, obviously, of Gomer Pyle USMC. Pyle, Pyle, Shazam. <laughs> And so Homer says that it's time to take the couch back where he found it, the curb in front of Flanders' house. Sad. Gross. Also gross. Although if anyone's going to take very good care of a couch, probably the Flanders, right? Probably. I mean, if there's anyone I'm going to take an old couch from, it's going to be the Flanders. Probably in better condition out in the Flanders' curb than it was in the showroom when he first bought it. Sad. The Flanders is that good of a person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh Herb is in the park and he's like he's trying to think of an idea. He, you know, he used to be this millionaire and like have all these ideas. Like, why can't he come up with an idea right now? And that's when he sees a, a mother talking with her baby. And she's like, Honey, like I you know, I don't know what you want. Like, what are you hungry? Are you, you know, th- thirsty? What's going on? And so he gets the idea. And he goes up to this woman and he's like, Lady, you just gave me a million dollar idea. And, she, and he's like, like, how can I ever thank you? What like what can I give you in return? And she's like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> and he's like, consider it done. I uh, and so at the plant though. Homer is talking with Lenny and Carl. one of my favorite jokes ever. It's such a weird meta joke. It is so meta, but it is so funny and gets me every time. And Homer is talking with Lenny and Carl, and Lenny and Carl are consoling him over the loss of his couch. And he's like, my life can't get any worse. Yep. Can't get any worse. And then immediately after, like, they wait around for a few seconds, like, bored, Clearly waiting on something, we hear Smithers and he's like, Homer Simpson, come to the like Mr. Burns' office. And he goes, Don't Which is it's very funny, but like usually the meta jokes aren't that over. Oh, they're not, but this one is just so good. It, it is good. I like it. It's a funny joke. It's just a really weird out of place one. Uh so Homer goes to Mr. Burns' office and uh and immediately Burns is like already forgotten and Smith he's like, you know, Smithers is like, this is the guy with the lazy sperm. Homer Simpson, you virile son of a gun, get over here. <laughs> yeah. And so he hypes up Homer, Homer's and he's like, How would you like a check for two thousand dollars? And he's like, Would I? And then he's like, Wait a second, I'm not signing anything until I read it or someone gives me the gist of it. And Burns is like, Well, it just 
says that you won the first annual Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And I, I love that one of the lawyers had to remember that title <laughs> so they could use it later. Like thinking about that, some lawyer, what the hell did he just say? Oh, glad oh, I'm taking God. notes. Thank God. And uh, and then Homer's like, am I going to get like an award ceremony and a trophy? And Burns looks immediately sad. It looks to the lawyer. And, <laughs> and the lawyer not <laughs> The lawyer nodding is so fucking great. And so we have the first annual Montgomery Burns Award for the Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And so it's it's uh, the the Simpson family is all dressed up nice. They're in this like you know uh, what would you call that like the uh, the balcony the balcony yeah of the theater. And Lisa's like this is the biggest farce I've ever seen or this award ceremony is the biggest farce I've ever seen. And then. Bart says, what about the Emmys? I stand corrected. Okay, so we're going to get into this real hard. By all means. This is a shitty joke. This is a shitty, shitty joke. And I'm very angry about it once I did research into it. Okay. The Simpsons were bitter because they had won the Emmy in 1990 for Life in the Fast Lane, 1991 for Homer vs. Lisa and the Eighth Commandment. Uh-huh. In 1992, which was right before this episode would have aired, yeah. They lost with Radio Bart to a claymation Easter. And they were bitter about it. So that's why they wrote this fucking joke. I mean, that I, is petty as hell. <laughs> they won twice in a row. Okay, I'm not going to say it's not petty, but what the hell is claymation Easter? You don't remember claymation Easter, Craig? No, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's appreciated that 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 like time has showed us that claymation Easter did not stand the test of time clearly. Uh, well, I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't want to make that bold of a claim, but you and I are also really big cartoon guys. Oh, we watch a ton of cartoons. Like, <laughs> yeah, like if this was like the Mark Twain with Satan as a claymation oh, yeah, one, yeah. that one I'd be like, yeah, Satan was dope in that. He was real creepy. He was in creepy that. as fuck. Super freaking creepy. Also, uh, The Simpsons did not win in 1993 after this either. They lost to Batman the Animated Series for Robin's Reckoning. Okay, now Batman the Animated Series, that's fair, probably, I would say. It's a good series. It's, it's objectively a very good series. So when do you think they won their next Emmy? Um, I'm going to presume 94. Nope. Really? 1995 is their next Emmy. Oh, so they lost for three years in a row. Yep. During their heyday? Got it. During their heyday of the best seasons, they kept losing. Seriously? Okay, now that seems funny, right? Season three lost. Season four four, and five. Five all lost. Three, four, and five. Which you could argue that maybe three isn't as good as some of the others, but four and five are when they really hit their stride. Four and five, and I would say probably six, are the peak of The Simpsons. Those three seasons are when they were at their best. I would argue from doing this show, they picked the wrong episode to put on the Emmys. Putting Radio Bart for the Emmy? Yeah. Not the episode I would pick from this season. But you know what? You also, this was an era when Bart was super popular, and that's a very Bart episode. It is, but you know what? They should have went with something better, because they didn't win, because Claymation Easter was that good. (laughs) You remember it, right? Uh, Is that good, the phrase we want to use? Yeah, they won a 95 with Lisa's Wedding was their next win. That's an interesting choice of episode. I mean, I love the episode. It's just, I feel like there are other season five episodes that might be better. 
Well, that would be season six, wouldn't it? Oh, right, yes, you're right, season six. You're you're absolutely correct, yeah. And no, I see why they picked Lisa's wedding, because it's kind of a story that's like taking the show and turning it on its heels. Yeah, I could, I could see so that. So it's very yeah. different, and I can see nominating that one specifically. So, <laughs> Emmy, Emmy jabs aside. Dumb uh, Emmy jabs aside. Whatever. I wouldn't say dumb, I would say petty. Petty. <laughs> also... For those of you who don't watch Batman the Animated Series, go watch Robin's Reckoning right now. It is fantastic. Yeah, the Batman Animated Series has absolutely held up over the years. Oh my god, that episode is so good, where Robin finds out who murdered his parents and he goes on a quest for revenge, but then realizes he doesn't want to do it because it would make him a monster. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's great. So, so Burns... Uh, has a, a song and dance. The the uh, nuclear power plant soft shoe society like sings a song about it, and he welcomes on as a host, Smokin' Joe Frazier. Now, Smokin' Joe Frazier was a boxer from 1965 to 1981. He won a gold medal at the 1964 Summer Olympics, and he was the heavyweight champ from 1970 to 1973. Joe Frazier was amazing. He lost to two people. Do you know who they are, Sean? I do not. Muhammad Ali and George Foreman are the only two that defeated him. That's two solid losses. That's two solid losses right there. Also, he has two kids, Jackie and Marvis, who were both boxers as well. So his son, Marvis, was defeated by an up-and-coming Mike Tyson. Who? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so his his family's big on boxing, and, like, yeah, they're great. Like his 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 and his son fought Mike Tyson, and like just crazy how that all works out. Uh, Mike Tyson was a monster growing up in like early boxing. He well, you could argue he remained a monster. I mean, he, as, he you remained know, he a was, monster. But <laughs> he was charged I'm just saying, with rape, threw his mother down a flight of stairs. From a boxing standpoint. He had speed that he should not have had at his size. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. And Mike Tyson was a phenomenal boxer. He he arguably is maybe the best boxer like ever. And you know, he's, he's why we got Dredrick Tatum. He's very, very based on uh, Mike Tyson. You're correct. Uh, I also like that they give the uh, uh, Joe Frazier gives the uh, in his speech about what excellence is. It is the condition of being excellent, <laughs> which is so good. It's such a dumb joke. That's so I, good. I love that one so much because I think if you're not paying attention, it'll just you'll gloss right over it. Uh, but so uh, Homer's crossing his fingers as they announce the winner. And he's like, please, 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 please. And Lisa's like, Dad, you know, you win. And he's like, Lisa, don't jinx it. And they announce it's Homer. He, you know, blows kisses to the crowd, music and fanfare plays, and then he falls out of the uh, balcony and onto the band. At most taverns. Why even? (laughs) So... Uh, at most tavern, uh, we have Joe Frazier with Homer hanging out, which is really cool. Which is super cool. <laughs> and so he's like, keep those pickled eggs coming. And he's like, you clean me out, smoking Joe. Uh, which is funny because we've talked about it before. What modern day bars have pickled eggs lying around? I'm going to find one and we're going to go there and we're going to get real drunk. And super dehydrated because of drinking <laughs> alcohol and eating pickled eggs. You drink glasses of water while you drink. That's... I mean, for a pickled egg and a beer, that's like you pretty much have to have like two glasses of water every time you have that combo. It's Maybe right. three, depending on the how pickled uh, the eggs are there. So, uh, 
Uh, I love that Homer's lamenting his couch still. He just got a check for $2,000, but he's sad about his couch. His couch is super important. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, Joe Frazier's like, he's like, I understand, Homer. You lost your couch. I lost the heavyweight championship. And Homer's like, there's like three of those. And and he's like, you know, Homer, you're going to, you know, you'll find a couch someday that'll make you forget all about that old one. And Barney is next to him. And he's like, hey, Frazier, shut up. He's like, Barney, you've been riding my ass all night. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how about you step outside? And Barney's like, gladly. Joe Frazier beats the fuck out of Barney. <laughs> like, I think it's the first time we see, is it the first time we really see a lot of blood in the Simpsons? Blood no, splatters um, to the door. Homer following, falling down the hill was very bloody. <laughs> I laugh every time in the I Springfield see Springfield You're yeah. right. Okay, yeah. But this is one of the few times that violence is explicitly like shown even i mean obviously they don't show him beating the hell out of barney and we don't even see the aftermath because he's head first in a garbage can as uh, homer walks out of the bar and he's like all right a peanut but uh yeah joe frazier beats the hell out of barney and leaves springfield never to return so he's never arrested hooray good job joe good job and so uh which i sometimes like like even in the uh homer at the bat you know, so many of the celebrity moments in that episode happen really fast. So you don't get a lot of time. Like in this episode, yeah, he does the award ceremony. And like, if that was it, it would have been kind of lame. But the fact that he hangs out with them at the bar really adds a lot to the episode. It's I pretty cool. It's yeah. kind of like um, in Springfield with the dollar sign. They had a lot of guest stars. <laughs> oh, and yeah. my favorite is Robert Goulet. <laughs> you from the casino? I'm from a casino. Good enough. Let's go. Like, like he just jokes around with the kids. He's yeah. singing Batman Smells, Jingle Bells. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and I, I love, and like, just the, the delivery, because some, the, some of the times, you know, the uh, celebrities don't give that much of an enthusiastic performance, but I love Joe Frazier's tone when he's like, Barney, you've been riding my ass all night. night. <laughs> he just <laughs> so much venom. I love it. Uh, and so, anywho, Homer uh, uh, takes off, and uh, uh, but meanwhile, back over at the below, below the, poverty the poverty line, line. <laughs> I don't know who names their city below the poverty line, but whatever. Gotham. Uh, oh, fair enough. I mean, they have a crime alley. Come on. Come <laughs> that's, on. All right. That's fair. That's fair. And so, I. Uh, you know, Herb is lamenting that he needs, uh, he has an idea, but he doesn't have money. Uh, and then he sees a hobo. Sorry. Uh, I was giving Craig house, a dirty look at that. House impaired person <laughs> uh, who has a newspaper that they're using as a blanket. Uh, Herb sees that Homer's won $2,000. And so he's like, hey, he's like, where's the, the like, what's the, the train for Springfield uh, uh, leaving? And one of the, the, you know, Vagabonds uh, points over at the Acceptable. train. Thank you. <laughs> points over at the train. And so Herb starts running and he skips through a few. Did you see what all those train cars were? I, I don't have them listed. So he uh, skips out on a train uh, car full of toxic waste, lions, crusty brand sulfuric acid, and then he decides to hop into Emma's fluffy pillows. Huh. And so he heads to Springfield. Meanwhile, Homer is testing out the Spine Melter 2000, which is only $1,999.99. It's 
So we couldn't afford it with this $2,000 check because of tax? Well, Marge is feeling a little iffy that they would spend so much money on just one thing. Also, uh, the guy selling it is uh, uh, Akira, who's moonlighting. Yeah, he's got a second job. He must. Uh, it's funny that... A third job. I feel like they're using him because they're making reference to George Takei, right? Yes. That's the only reason they use him. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I love that he, you know, Homer's like, full power. Is he shaking in the chair? And he's like, but sir. And he's like, full power. <laughs> so he cranks the dial. And we start seeing, what, a 2001 A Space Odyssey reference? Yes. As Homer sees all the colors whiz by. And he's, like, going through time and space, essentially. Uh, you know, Marge is iffy, though. And Homer lets her know that he, there's been an empty spot inside of Homer. He tried to fill it with family, religion, community service, which is no doubt forced on him. And it wasn't something he willingly did. Uh, but they were all dead ends. But this chair. This chair might be it. But Marge lets him know that that's a whole hell of a lot of money. And he gets a little mad and he's like, excuse me while I kiss the sky. And he takes the remote, cranks it up to Max, and uh, he references Jimi Hendrix's uh, Purple Haze. Herb has arrived in Springfield. Where does he go, Craig? <laughs> he goes to Homer's house. And I love that he looks at Homer's yard, which is just this junk pile of toys and bikes and overgrown yard. And then he looks at Flanders' house, and then he decides to go to Flanders, which is the first mistake, really. Or was it? It wasn't. It was not. So Herb knocks on the door, and the Flanders answer it. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I have the wrong house. And they're like, it's our, like, you know, tithe the transient day or whatever. And uh, uh, the kids are like, I think it's, uh, is it Rod or is it Todd? Who's like, is it like, can I anoint the sores on his feet? And a planner's is like, oh, it's, it's mom's turn to do that. And he's like, oh, no fair. <laughs> uh, by the way, Homer and Herb look exactly alike. How did Ned not say anything about it? Yeah, or did did he kind of realize, and that's why he was being extra kind to him? No, that's just in Flanders' nature. Flanders is one of those guys who would, if a house-impaired person showed up at their house, <laughs> he would help them out. I mean, he even offers that he could stay the night. Maud and him will sleep on card tables. <laughs> and then when he leaves, they're like, Onward, wayward soldier. Like, they start singing, like, hymns. As the sun sets behind Herb as he walks away in a suit and has his, like, hair done. And uh, it's I love that shot. Oh, it's a great shot. And Any I, I love the Flanders. Oh, they're fun. They're, like, when I was younger, I always thought, like, oh, they're such nerds. But now I think, like, oh, I want them as a neighbor. Yeah, I want somebody that good as a neighbor. Seriously. So, I... Uh, Homer laments their singing, and uh, uh, there's a knock at the door. And so he gets to the door, and he opens it up, and he's like, Herb? <laughs> he just gets punched in the face. <laughs> I love that Herb walks over Homer on the ground. <laughs> he just steps over him. And uh, the kids in the, like, are in the, uh, I think, the dining room, right? Yeah. And they're like, Unky, Herb. And Homer gets up and he's like, and he's like, he's like, oh, I love, I'm so happy to see you. And he's like, you're not so happy to see me. And Herb is like, every word you say makes me want to punch you in the face. He's like, well, so long as you're a guest in my home, can you just kick me in the butt instead? <laughs> He's like, I'll try, but I'm not making any promises. Uh, Marge comes in and utters 
maybe uh, I think a, a pretty solid contender for one of Marge's better lines, so long as you have the context. As, you know, she's like, Herb, how have you been? And he's like, you know, like, oh, I've been like, like sleeping in dumpsters, using rats as pillows and stuff. And he's like, you? Oh, can't complain. <laughs> and I love the fact that she was probably going to say something like, oh, you know, things could be better. Oh, can't yeah, complain. Can't complain, it's great. <laughs> Uh, and Homer starts to teach Herb how the lights work. Homer, he knows how a light switch works. Oh, yeah. He's like, not sure what this one does. And he flips it, and outside we see that it says Merry Xmas and a Happy 1985, uh, which would have been, uh, Lisa would have been one at the time. Yeah. Uh, Bart would have been three? Yeah, yeah, three. Because yeah. they're two years, two, about two years apart. Uh, uh, at the dinner table. Oh, that's weird. Huh. Bart was older than us at a time period in our life, and we're approaching Homer's age. Did you have to bring that up? Did you have to? I mean, I mean we've already passed Homer in season three. We're older than Homer in season three. Uh, uh. Guess our age, listeners. We're older than Homer in <laughs> Simpson three, but we're not older than Homer through Simpson eight and beyond. The answer may surprise you. So... <laughs> anyway, so uh, Marge uh, uh, got a, a beef recipe from the utility grade beef council, and uh, Homer's like they give good they give good advice, uh, or they or they know there's stuff or whatever he says. Uh, which, by the way, the utility grade beef council is not a thing because the USDA does not allow for meat graded under like A or whatever. It's just, you know, there's no utility-grade beef. Mm, utility-grade beef. Not legally, anyway. Mm. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it just be dog food at that point? Pretty much, yeah. Mmm, mm, snouts. Mmm, and entrails. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bart asks for advice, and what is that advice he gets, Sean? Discarded pizza boxes are a good source of cheese. Lisa's a little upset, though. She's like, Unky Herb, why didn't you write? And he's like, what was I supposed to say? You're, you know, dear Lisa, because of your pops, I had to use a rat as a pillow? And she's like, I, like she's like, Did, like fair enough. And uh, after dinner, uh, we have uh, Herb, and he's like putting Maggie to sleep. And it's almost kind of a menacing scene for a moment. I think it's freaking adorable. Well, I think the the part where he sings his his car commercial song to her, the like, pow 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 makes a powerful car. Like, oh, that, that's freaking adorable. That's very cute. But like when he starts talking to Maggie and he's like, "You're gonna make me rich, Maggie." Yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's like the music gets kind of dark for a second. It's a little weird. The next time you watch it, oh oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's just it's kind of weird and menacing. I don't know. Uh, but he goes downstairs and uh, they start playing Monopoly together. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> something happens to her. Oh, he goes broke again, huh? <laughs> You're just not a good businessman, are you? And so he gets punched in the face again. And Marge says, why don't we play another board game? And she grabs Sorry. And that's the funniest sight gag <laughs> <laughs> she grabs sorry the next game I don't know if I caught that honestly that's yeah, pretty she's great she's grabbing sorry after Monopoly it's so great we'll look for it next time because all the board games are related to 
their scenario. Oh, that's awesome. But her having sorry is just the best one. <laughs> that's pretty great. So uh, so Bart is is talking and he's like, listen, he's like, why are we playing these games when we could decide what we want to do with that money? And uh uh, Homer's like, that's right, Marge. Didn't you want to buy that chair? And she's like, that was your plan. Uh, Lisa, however, wants to buy the Great Books of Western Civilization collection. What the hell is that, Craig? Well, it's a collection of books, and she lists some of them off. Uh, Paradise Regained by John Milton from 1671 is uh, a story that was written about Satan. Uh, essentially, it's like Satan tempting Jewish, uh, Jesus in the desert, stuff like that. Uh, Martin Chuzzlewit, which is a Charles Dickens story from 1842 about like, I want to say it's like a more of like a, a, a drama. Satan. I don't think that one's about Satan. I'm pretty sure we're going to get more Satan. I'm pretty sure they're all about Satan. <laughs> uh, Omu and Typey, uh, which were both written by uh, Melville in uh, 1847 and then 1846. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a collection of uh, uh, Western books, which is interesting that I kind of have one of those. Yeah, you do actually. It was yeah given to me by my uh, grandparents uh, upon their, uh, well, actually before their passing. They wanted me to have it and they were trying to just clear out space from their place uh so yeah i had gotten a hold of their like western book collection it goes from like elite in the odyssey up until uh it goes through like faust it goes to, i'm trying to think of the most recent book in the collection and i want to say it's like from the 1920s or something like that so it's it's quite older stuff is the grapes of wrath in there i don't think it is okay yeah, I do do not think it is. Uh, it's it's mostly older stuff. Uh, very cool collection. It's very nice looking collection. Everything, but uh, Bart wants a machine gun. Uh, Marge wants a washer and dryer because the other uh, old ones are broken. Why does Bart want a machine gun? I I don't know why. For hunting game or rigging in the new year. <laughs> yeah, Bart, great. Great idea. And I also love that when Marge brings up the washer and dryer, we see in the basement, the cat has to run away because they're like rattling around forward. Uh, and Herb is like, how about instead of all that, we, you know, you give the $2,000 to, to give a, a broken man a second chance. And Homer's like, nah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Herb's, Herb offers him 20 minutes to convince him otherwise. And he's like, oh, 20 minutes. And so... We have uh, Herb is at the kitchen table, and he's like, "Take a look at this." And this is his first example of an uh, like a uh, invention is the drinking bird, which will play a larger role in The Simpsons later. Yeah, so he'll come back when um, Homer's overweight and the drinking bird becomes his coworker. <laughs> the drinking bird does come back. Uh, Do you know what a drinking bird is? Not really. Fill me in. I, I've I've honestly always kind of wanted one just because of the Simpsons, but I don't know a lot about them. It is a toy heat engine. Oh. So what it does is it basically dips itself uh, into the water because of the heat engine inside of it. Mm -hmm. So when it heats up, it goes down because the water will bubble up. Yeah. So it'll go down, go for more. And it's just a combination of a thermodynamic cycle is all it is. Interesting. Most people often refer to them as perpetual motion devices. They're not. Perpetual motion <laughs> devices do not exist because in this podcast, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. 
Homer freaks out about the bird, though. He loves it. He goes out of his mind, and he's like, you're going to make a fortune, Irv. And he's like, that's already been invented. And, like, finally, and like, Homer's like laughing. He's like, he keeps going back for more. And Herb finally takes it away, and Homer's like, oh. Uh, and so Herb has the idea for a baby translator. A what? A baby translator. It translates what babies say. And he's like, you know, here are the blueprints. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, you're going to have to use your imagination. And Homer immediately imagines the drinking bird again. Uh, he promises uh, Homer uh, will have his money back in 30 days. That's a bold claim. I don't know, Herb. People are scared by new things. <laughs> Why don't you put a <laughs> clock inside of an existing invention like a microwave? <laughs> so, I. Uh, Lisa, you know, when, when Homer's like, I don't know, Lisa says that she feels Homer owes Unky Herb. And Bart says that, you know, some shyster's going to bilk Homer out of his money anyway. It might as well be his brother. And so Homer agrees. Uh, Homer asks in return that he get some respect from his brother, who immediately goes, nope. <laughs> and then he goes, well, fine, <laughs> I'll take the bird. <laughs> so where did Herb get the bird? Found it in a dumpster. Oh, okay. I guess. A or dumpster brand trash receptacle. <laughs> trash co. <laughs> so, I. Uh, uh, Herb is trying to get this machine to work. He's trying to figure things out, and so uh, he's like he's like playing with Maggie, trying to like learn baby language essentially and so he's like what are you trying to tell me and he's and it's like she like mouth like puts her mouth on her on his nose he's like you want to suck my nose uh stuff like that uh i also love that we see the destroyed couch in the background when he's in the living room and at one Bart point is sitting up <laughs> reading comic books yeah. and uh uh he's like he's like he's like you know this doesn't seem right for for like you know i'm hungry or need to be burped he's like but what he's holding her above his face and it's one of the grossest simpson seeds and she just coughs up in his face it just baby puke just, just spit up just blah. Yeah. just that white milky spit up from babies just slaps him in the face which is, I'm not a, I, I don't have kids. I don't really want kids. And I got to say, I think one of the reasons is because things like baby spit up really, really gross me out. And I get that when it's your kid, it's not going to because you have to take care of them. Or I could not have kids and not have to do that in the first place. Or uh huh, you have kids. Yeah. And just every time they do something like that, you just Batman train them and throw them in an alleyway and pretend <laughs> to die or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they shot me and you my wife. <laughs> oh no, they shot me and the missus. You gotta go avenge me and fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, Herb has, has made a breakthrough though. And so he's he's in the uh the den, uh the like the front near the near the front door, uh that room. And he's, uh, uh, you know, has the machine. It's got a tarp over it. And he's like, you know, I bet you're wondering what's under this tarp. And they're like, no, we peeked at it while you were in the john. And he's like, oh. And he goes like, he's like, well, take a look at this. And he takes it off. And it's this big wooden contraption that's been like clumsily put together. And Marge is like, Ooh. Ooh, he's like Marge. You don't have to humor me, and she's like, "Well, it's kind of ingrained at this point." <laughs> and Homer is like, "You know, this is stupid," and he's like, starts going off about you know, like how this is dumb, and you know, he's like, "Right now, like rollers could be needing my ass." Uh, 
And he's like, Homer, can you stop thinking about your or thinking about your ass? He's like, I try, but I can't. Uh, and so Homer's, you know, you know, why didn't he just stick a clock in it? Like, this doesn't seem great. That night, while he's with Marge, he Homer laments the fact that he's like his relationship is on the rocks with his brother, that he still won't give him respect. He's given him all the money he had, and he still won't treat him with respect. Which to a degree, like, I kind of feel for Homer in this episode because Homer didn't really like I mean, clearly he, you know, he messed up Herb's business, right? Yeah. But he didn't mean to. And I get that the path to hell is paved on good intentions, but Homer the whole time told Herb, he's like, I don't know how to design a car. And Herbert Powell's like, no, 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 no. You get in there. You can do it. I trust you. Oh, all my scientists and engineers have told me this is terrible. It's going to bankrupt me. Whatever. It's my brother. It's fine. And so I get that Herb wanted to do something good for Homer. Yeah. And it blew up in his face, and that's why he's mad. But Herb doesn't really have the right to be that angry at Homer. One punch in the face, maybe, but not two kicks in the butt, no respect. Okay, okay, he deserved the second punch in the face because oh. the Monopoly line deserves a punch. Okay, okay, and then I guess I would say the Monopoly line deserves a punch, but maybe not when he first saw him at the front door. Especially considering he ended up staying with him for like a half a month to a month. Yeah. He, Unky Herb stayed with them for about a month. And that's why he's going to be a recurring guest character on so many episodes. <clears throat> um, well, let's continue this conversation. So uh, there's a twin convention. No triplets allowed. Uh, and so we see like this dog riding like in, in this big ball. Uh, we see that Professor Frink's son dies. <laughs> Frink has a son? Frink has a son. And a wife? Well, we do see in the episode uh, Homer, or what is it? Uh, Grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Uh, we have uh, uh, Frink hook up with like a, a scientist that kind of sort of has that same nerdy look that he does. So maybe that episode took place before this one. I have a theory for why it will. You mean the fact that they had a kid and that uh, uh, grandpa's love potion essentially would have had them make that kid? Oh, well, I've got a different theory about why this episode takes place way later on in the Simpsons timeline. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll get into it later? We'll, we'll get into it. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, but but Frank has his son in like this like you know remote control plane and he ends up losing control and he goes flying through a window and he's like, he's like, oh no, my wife is going to kill me. His son can do a loop-de-loop, -loop, do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. And die, apparently. <laughs> Your father helped me out of that, too. <laughs> Fox! Fox! So, I... Uh, uh, in another booth, you know, over uh, on the other side of this convention, though, we have Herb, and he's, you know, has this machine on, and, you know, I like that the kid with the leash walks up, and he's, like, makes these, like, mumbly noises, and it's like, this leash demeans us both. <laughs> Which, kid leashes were kind of a thing for a bit. I've not seen them in years. I've still seen them. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like... They're, I, they're still a thing. <laughs> It does demean them both. It does. It's, it's disgusting. Just, it kind of is weird. I mean, I like to a degree, like I get it. If I was a parent, I would use a leash. But I shouldn't be a parent. Fuck my, that. Most if, states have laws against me being a parent. If I was a parent, my kid is going to run free and just cause as much chaos as he can where I'm not involved. Because you're not taking care of them. 
Oh yeah, yeah, they can cause all the chaos they want. Go off, go off, I'll ignore you. Just like every other parent's ever done whenever I'm around a kid. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. It's all payback to everybody who's ever ruined my life, working in retail and little kids throwing stuff. I recommend a hamster ball, like a real big one. One time I was working and I had a freezer full of ice cream and some little kid just kept throwing ice cream out of it. And the parents looked at him and went, son, don't do that. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how quickly I yelled at that kid and pissed his parents off? And that's, I think, the funniest part is the fact that they, they, you know, some of these parents like won't step in and discipline their kid. But the moment you're like, no, you can't do that, like knock that off, they're like, what do you think you're doing telling my kid how to act? And it's like, well, you weren't going to do it. Oh, yeah. I charged him like 200 bucks for everything that he ruined. It was great. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, as soon as the, the parents nearby realize that this translator works, they start buying a bunch. And then this guy from like this like baby company comes in and he's like, I'm from the, you know, like rubber baby. No, that was the babysitting service. I don't remember what his company was, but he wants to buy like, you know, a ton. 50,000. Yes, that's right. 50,000. And he's like, USA, USA, clutching all this money. And finally, Herb is back on top. So he gives Homer back. It's checked for $2,000. And he gets Lisa a subscription to the uh, Western books uh, or books of Western civilization, starting with Beowulf, which is unknown when it was first written. The, or the, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's unknown when it was first written, and nobody knows the author of Beowulf. I did it. Wait, did you? I, I wrote Beowulf. You don't look like a Schultz with a time machine. <laughs> Charles Schultz wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Patreon specials. If anyone wants to get that joke, listen to Smart Line episodes on Patreon. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media for $5 a month. I don't remember where that joke started. Shut up. <laughs> it started on Patreon. I, I know, know that, that. much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, uh, 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 you know, she'll get Beowulf, Less Than Zero, Ethan Frome. Uh, which was written by Edith Wharton in 1911. Uh, by the way, Less Than Zero, uh, do you know who wrote that? Who wrote that? No, I'm asking you because I don't have it, and I thought maybe you had written that down. I did not. Crab Baskets. Well, it's another Western book. I think that was 1985, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the newest one. It might be. Anywho, uh, Bart gets membership into the NRA, and what does he want, Bart? Armor-tipped cyanide bullets. Mm. It's in the Constitution. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hang on a second, Herb. <laughs> Hang on a second. I mean, it's a bit much for the Constitution. Armor-tipped bullets are the dumbest fucking thing that are ever available to the general public. You can have your right to have a gun. Cool. That's cool. You want to yeah. hunt? You want to protect your family? Whatever. I yeah, get that. Sure, sure. You know why you want armor-tipped bullets? To kill cops. Yeah. To kill cops. Yeah. Oh, because your militia is going to use them to defend yourselves when the government turns eat. No, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. They have better weapons than you will ever have. (laughs) They will murder you. It's fucking stupid that they are illegal. They should not be illegal. Cyanide tipped. Yes, cyanide tipped. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, You might as well just be saying, hey, I want to be a terrorist. I mean, it pretty much is, yeah. Uh, Maggie wants what the dog is having. Aww. Herb says that he'll give her whatever she wants. And with the baby translator going, it comes in and it's like, I want what the dog is having. And Homer's like, no. And he's like, I'll get you something nice. 
And so uh, uh, he... Marge just doesn't want anything from Herb. Too late. He already has bought her a new washer and dryer, and he even gave sold the old ones uh, for like what was it like twenty bucks or something? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. And so we see at most tavern wa- the washer and dryer in a race, <laughs> and uh, washer wins. And Moe's mad. He kicks the dryer. Is that right? Uh, yeah, washer wins. Mixed up. Yeah, washer wins. Uh, Homer asks, you know. What Herb has for him. He's like, I don't suppose you have a, a big chair in that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, bag of yours. And he's like, Homer, walk me outside. And they're walking outside and her and, and Homer's like, what do you what did I get? What did I get? It's not a punch of the face, is it? Because if it is, I don't want it. And Herb says that he'll call him his brother again. He forgives him. He forgives him. And Homer's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like he's like, you know, all right. And then uh, he, like he, like Herbal opens his arms and and Homer says something kind of weird. He's like, I've never held a man before. Yeah, he's never hugged a man before. Got a little fresh with a man before, if I remember right back in Ho- Simpson and Delilah. Yeah, Carl kissed him. Yeah, that had that, to awaken something, right? That dreamboat, Carl, yeah, had awakened something <laughs> in all of us. <laughs> did, did for me, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, he, like, hugs Homer, and he's like, and then, he, like, the truck pulls up, and he's like, Homer, I bought you the damn chair. And then Homer starts kissing Herb. Uh, and, uh, oh, Herb also, I think, replaced the couch, too, didn't he? Yes. Also replaced the couch. And uh, at the end of the episode, we see Homer in the chair, Bouncing around, and it cuts to the inside of his junk, and we see his sperm bouncing around as well. And that's how the episode ends. So this episode has to take place very late in The Simpsons timeline. Because they have this chair that we'll never see again? Not only that. Why the hell don't they have a baby translator? No, seriously, why didn't Herb give them a baby translator? They have a baby. The baby who designed this baby translator. Who was the idea behind it? Why don't they have one? If I may, if I may, things in the Simpson house tend to decay at an alarming rate, usually due to Homer's uh, ill use or trying to fix things and messing them up, It's or, or the fact that they just become lost or somebody uses it for some zany scheme. I would say that you're probably right. If this, if there was a, a canon to The Simpsons, this would have to be a later one. Except for the fact that it's the Simpson family and everything they touch erodes away to dust within moments. Whether it's happiness, fancy chairs, or baby monitors. It's a baby translator. They need one. Maggie should have had one. I just, I don't get it. You want to know what I had to have to say about that? What? She, they probably do. Probably in her room. When does Maggie talk? When does Maggie make noise? Like never. They just keep it there. It just sits there waiting for her to to speak up. But it she never does. Now we have to start paying attention to when she makes noises in her room. Oh God. <laughs> well, she does speak in her bedroom at one point, which we're gonna get to. But actual words do not uh go through the translator, which is interesting that like, I feel like when you would say something around it, it would, like, auto-translate whatever it was. But whatever. Herb is apparently a better engineer to this stuff than I would think. Uh, but, uh, Sean, what would you say the lasting impact of this episode is? Because to me, 
This is the final appearance of it Herbert gives Powell. gives us a great guest character who's going to come back numerous times throughout the series. He's now a successful businessman. Homer can have adventures with him. He'll be there for family get-togethers. So that that is definitely, this is definitely squandered potential. Herbert Powell is a fun character. He's voiced by Danny DeVito. Heck, they're going to have an episode where we learn that all the Simpsons get dumber by the Simpsons genes in fan fiction. But Herbert doesn't get that for whatever reason. Almost like that was a dumb idea that they tacked on later. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm just going up better right now. I'm sorry. I, I do think that they should have tried, like, like Sideshow Bob. I think it should have been like every other season Herb showed up and had like an episode where they, they had an adventure together. It's not like Danny DeVito doesn't do fucking TV. He's a oh, great yeah. character on It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Frank Reynolds is the best character on It's Always Sunny. I'll fight someone over that. No, I, I think that's a, you could definitely make that argument. I mean, I may be a dentist, but <laughs> Frank is the best character. <laughs> uh, who's the sociopath of the show? Oh, it's Dennis. Okay, it's Dennis. Yeah, I'm a dentist. Uh, but yeah, no, the it's it's the lasting potential of this episode is that it is kind of the final episode of Herb. Unky Herb, but we never see him again. And it's kind of really wasted potential. It is. He could show up just for one or two jokes. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. There's plenty of times they bring in guest characters for a few lines and that's it. Hey, you know what they could do for an episode? Mm. Lisa doesn't like being in the Simpsons family because they're all screw-ups and she runs away. Realizes even with Herb's money, he's still a screw-up too. Oh, look at that. I just wrote a good Simpsons episode. Sean... I feel like we need to take that to Patreon. We might have to. Herbert Powell episodes that could have happened in the future that we never got. Look forward to the future on Patreon, uh, because it will absolutely come. For sure. We need to talk about that. But Sean, what is your quote of the episode? So you already went over my quote of the episode. Oh, did I? You did. But that's okay, because it is the chair scene. (laughs) By all means, go through it. So I just absolutely love... Herb, I don't think there's a vibrating chair in that bag for me. Homer, walk me to my car. What do I get? It's not another punch in the face, is it? This is what you get, Homer. I forgive you. You can call me brother, and I can do the same. That, that, that's it? That's it? I see your point, brother. Give me a hug, brother. All right, but I never really hugged a man before. Homer, I bought you the damn chair. <laughs> <laughs> So I think my favorite line is a throwaway line that's just Homer being miserable. His chair, his couch has been destroyed. The the neighbors have just uh, t- uh, uh, put clothes on a house impaired person, and Homer's like, "Oh, they're singing again, lousy neighbors. I wish I was deaf." Yeah.